Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MTG Place Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. With me, like always, is James. How's it going, James? Doing good. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, what do you think of this Lord of the Rings set so far? You played a draft? Uh, it's been really week? fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like that draft was... Honestly, that's the best I think I've ever done in a draft, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I my, my deck also just kind of came together like right away, which also helped a lot. So, uh, you know... It's nice to have yeah. direction on your first pull. So, yeah, you just got that yeah. Gandalf right away. Yeah, just got, just get Gandalf the Grey and then just build. Is it <laughs> perfect? <laughs> and I got second place. So, woo! <laughs> also, all right, uh, have a have a good fourth and all that junk since it is that time of year. <laughs> yes, I did. I uh, went up to the cabin, had a little vacation. It's nice. Um, yeah. Also, a little bit of news. The one-of-one one ring was found. I yeah, I saw. Uh, he's going to be paying a lot of taxes on it, though, because I was in Canada. So, apparently, uh, yeah, pretty brutal. But... Right, it was like 49% tax he's going to have to pay on it. I don't know what it ended up selling for, though. So, whatever the deal ended up being. I'm sure My guess is around still... $2 million, but... I'm sure he still made an ass ton of money. So, I'm sure yeah. he'll be just fine. Lucky bastard. <laughs> So, yeah, so today we're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings Commander cards. So these are the cards that come, the new cards that come in the Commander deck. We're only going to talk about the new cards, not the reprints. There's a ton of reprints in the deck, actually, in the deck. So uh, if you need a yeah. Toxic Deluge uh, or some, or a Heroic Intervention, you know, you can pick up these decks for those. Uh, there's a couple cards that are being played in Legacy right now, so they've been going up in value. So if you can get these decks at a, you know, Regular, you know, forty, fifty dollar MSRP is nice, pretty good nice uh, deal. Price, yeah. Um, but before we jump into all of our set review and everything, I just want to say a couple ways you can support the podcast. Uh, first way is you can use our TCG Player affiliate link, which is in the show notes of every show and on mtgplace.net. You click that link, sends you, lets them know that we sent you to TCG Player, and uh, helps support us. Um, second way is uh, directly on Patreon. You can sign up on there and get all sorts of cool perks. You can see our draft decks. You can play commander games with us. You can uh, chat with us, all that stuff. You get a cool Discord role if you're in the Discord as well. Um, yep. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then uh, lastly, you know, the, the easiest way is just, uh, you know, tell your friends to check out our podcast. You know, sub to us on uh, YouTube if you're not. Uh, you know, uh, tell, recommend our show, share our show. You know, one, if everyone tells one person and they actually listen to it, hey, that doubles our viewers. Yeah, word of mouth is the is the best. So, And we appreciate any kind of uh, support you guys give us. All right, James. So what uh, what uh, is the first card we got up here? We're doing Wooburg Order, right? Yeah, Wooburg Order, uh, Mythics and Rares only, as usual, and no reprints because there's we'd be here all night again. <laughs> We're already going to be here for a while as it is. Um, so we'll be starting with white rares. Uh, first one is Baragond of the Guard. Uh, it is three and a white for a 3-3 three, three legendary human soldier creature. Whenever Baragond of the Guard or another human enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain vigilance until end of turn. So nice little human synergy. Yeah, so human tribal deck. Um, it seems like you could... This is the best if you can abuse it by getting multiple triggers a turn. Like if you have something that puts like multiple human tokens in, 
uh, so like a token style deck. Um, yeah. Otherwise, this card's this. otherwise this card's probably just medium. You know, especially yeah. as like a commander, it's like medium. You know, because you're mono yeah. white then. You definitely would want to uh, uh, this to be in the ninety nine for sure. I think. Uh, next up, we got Champions of uh, Minas Tirith. It is five and a white for a four six human soldier. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of combat on each opponent's turn, if you're the monarch, that opponent may pay X, where X is the number of cards in their hand. If they don't, they can't attack you this combat. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> All right. That's uh, interesting. So you become the monarch, and then they're going to have to pay X equal to their cards in their hand, or they can't even attack you. So it's kind of anti-control a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like you're going to keep the Monarch for a while. Yeah, and then you get that extra card, which is also quite nice. Uh, Six is kind of a steep mana cost for that, but it is good if you can cheat it out or if you can like keep blinking it or something to become the Monarch when you lose it. Yeah, there's ways to get around it. I definitely wouldn't pay full price for the CMC or the mana cost, though. That's, uh, That's a little high. Uh, next up, we have Field Tested Frying Pan. It is two and a white for an artifact that's an equipment. When Field Tested Frying Pan enters a battlefield, create a food token. Then create a 1-1 white halfling creature token and attach Field Tested Frying Pan to it. Equipped creature has, whenever you gain life, this creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the amount of life you gained. And then it also has equipped two. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, this is very white weenie. Yeah, it's a white weenie card. It's uh, also I feel like it's decent in a token deck. Uh, if you just want, if if you have something that triggers off of any type of token being made, because there's only like two different kinds, um, or if you're in a life gain deck, this is pretty good. Outside of those two decks, I don't know if I'm going to play this card, especially yeah. since the equip cost is two. Yeah, it's nice. And you get a lot for if- three mana. It's nice if you're going to be gaining a lot of life. Outside of that, though, it's not that great. It is nice that you, you know, it equips itself to whatever you that is nice, are yeah. making. If you have a dedicated food deck, this is going in it because like, you can just yeah. sack food to give this plus, or like plus it's three. Almost like a living weapon, which so. is kind of cool. So. Uh, next up, we got Gilrian, Dundane Protector. I hope I didn't butcher that. Like that. <laughs> uh, two to eight for a two, three legendary creature, human noble. Uh, it has pay two and tap it. Exile the target creature you control. You may return that card to the battlefield under, under its owner's control. If you don't, at the beginning of the next end step, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control with a vigilance counter and a lifelink counter. Mm, okay. So it's two mana. You could flicker immediately. Or you can wait till the end step and you get a Vigilance and Lifelink counter. And that's forever, right? Yeah. It's not telling I mean, unless you flicker it again because then it loses that counter. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Interesting. I mean, unless you just wait till the end step and it gets it back again. Like, right. It's definitely interesting. It's weird that it has to be a creature you control, but if your opponent owns it they get it yeah. so if you steal a creature and then flicker it you're not going to get it back 
But it's definitely, you know, just as good as like an Eldrazi Displacer where it's, you know, two mana tap, flick or something, and it has upside because you can get the Vigilance and Lifelink counter yeah, on it if yeah, that's something you upsides, want. The so like, even if you don't have like an ETB thing, you can just give your creatures Vigilance and Lifelink for two mana, basically. Yeah, that's not, that's not bad, honestly. And just like waiting a turn to attack with it. <laughs> yeah. Seems pretty good, actually. It's only yeah. three mana. For a two three, I feel like I feel like in the uh, kind of ETB matters or something like that. This could be good for sure too. Yeah, it's definitely decent in the flicker deck. Yeah. Uh, next we have Gray Host Reinforcements. Uh, it is three and a white for a one one spirit uh, creature spirit soldier. It has flying and ward three. When Gray Host Reinforcements enter the battlefield, exile target player's graveyard. Put up, uh, put a number of plus one plus one counters on Greyhost reinforcements equal to the number of creature cards exiled this way. So this late game is very good, I think, because you know four drop and you're just like this is probably like a because this needs to be what like a four four for you to be happy with. They need at least three things in there. You might have that by turn four or five, depending on how many kill spells. Yeah. But I mean, late game if you can get this to be like a six six seven seven. With flying in Ward 3, like that's hard to deal with. That's pretty good, yeah. You know, but like 4 for a 4 for a flying Ward 3 is a playable card. Like, so that's yeah. like the happy medium there is if you could play it on 4 and hit 3 things. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, the number of creatures exile this way. And that's all graveyards, right? Or no, it's target. No, it's one, okay, one so person's graveyard. So if one person has to have 3 creature cards in it. Which. Yeah, so if they're playing like a goal. graveyard matters deck, like my decks, yeah. it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good against you. Yeah, uh, or any like creature based deck that might have had like a board wipe recently happen or something, and then they have a bunch of shit in the graveyard. So, because yeah, realistic, like, realistically, four mana one one flying ward three is bad, right? Yeah, like, you're not yeah, playing that. Yeah. Off two two, you're, you're still not playing that. Three three, you're like mm, four four. I think is where you're like at least happy with it. Yeah. And then anything above that's great. Everything above that's gravy, yeah. Yeah. I so mean, yeah, like if, you a, play this, yeah. if you play this right after you play, like, a Wrath or something, then, yeah, sure, this is probably going to be great. Right. Like, so if you, like, turn... If you could turn three, play the, the white, white, one, destroy all creatures power three or greater, you know, and then yeah. play this. Then or if a Wrath was played previously, you know, and then you draw this. Yeah. So I think some games this is going to be really annoying and really good for you, really annoying for your opponents. And some games you're going to be like, it's going to be sitting in your hand as a dead card. Sad, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, going to be very hit or miss, unfortunately. When it does hit, it's going to hit real hard though, and your opponents are going to absolutely hate this. So yeah, depends on the game though. <laughs> so this is a card we'd probably see a little bit at least. Yeah, well, I'll see it some. Uh, next up, we got Gwei here, the greatest of the eagles. Four and a white for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature bird noble with flying. Uh, whenever it attacks, target attacking creature gains flying until end of turn. And at the beginning of each end step, if you gain three or more life this turn, create a 3-3 three, three white bird creature token with flying. And whenever this creature attacks, target attacking creature gains flying until end of turn. Nice. So you basically make a 3-3 three, three version of, of this yeah. <laughs> every time you gain three or more life. Because each, well, it's each end step, too. So if you have, like, food tokens, you could sack them on your opponent's turn and make a 3-3. Three, three. 
Yeah, that's not bad. That seems really good. That's a pretty good engine. Especially if you have instant speed gain three life. Yeah, which that's not terribly hard like, to do. Because then it could come back to your turn, you know, and you got, you know, four three threes. Yeah. That could swing. Yeah, that seems. And then like if you have anything else in play, it's all going to get flying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, your entire board basically gets flying at that point if you have that many copies in play. That's a lot of copies. This seems like a sweet card. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it's I think good. it I don't know how what I would feel about it as a commander itself, but it's definitely good no. in like a life gain deck for sure. Or yeah, just a sure. bird tribal. Or like, like a food food deck or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, bird tribal would be good too. I mean it doesn't even necessarily have to be bird tribal. Honestly, I feel like it almost would be better not having it be bird tribal because then they getting flying is like an extra bonus. That's true, yeah. Just like gain life deck. So then you have like your other stuff that flies too, so then they can't like be blocked or you know, at least not as easily. So Right. Yeah, it's an interesting card. Seems pretty good. Uh next we got uh uh God. Lasarnak Captain. Uh it is three and a white for a three one human uh creature the human soldier creature with first strike. Whenever Lassner Captain or another human enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. So it's pretty good on its own. Yeah, that's not bad. But it's very good in a human tribal deck. Because mm-hmm. you're just going to tap down their board and then swing with stuff. Yeah, you just tap down everything, basically. Yeah, at least they could be able to block you and you're gonna get in with all your tokes. So human tribal, it's in. Any sort of need tokens, it's in. Because it's yeah. decent on its own. Four mana three one that makes a one one all the time. Yeah. And it has first oh, strike, so it's man. basically a three three. Yeah. It's a good en- good creature engine for uh say that's just a passive effect. You don't even have to pay for it. That's pretty good. So, right, yeah, you just get that. On it's your a, anytime you have a passive effect like that, it's usually the only the only downside is like if you play this, then they just kill it immediately. Yeah, like they, that's they, why I feel like it's better in the human tribal deck because you could maybe play this and then something else. Yeah, to get the trigger right away. Well, I guess you get the trigger on himself too to tap some one thing. Yeah, you get at least one right off the bat. It's really good if you have something that gives your creatures flash. Yeah, because then you could flash in, tap down their stuff before they can attack you. Yeah, that, that's just gross. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think there's ways that this is good. But again, it's like a medium card. Like four is the, the spot where I'm like, I'll play a few of them in my deck. But anything over four is where I start to like, okay, yeah, now do I really like need this? It better this? be a bomb at that point if it's above yeah. that. Yeah. So this is like the, the middle ground where like, you know, it's a medium card. Mm-hmm. It's very mid-range. Very mid uh, next up, we got Of Herbs and Stewed Rabbit. So we're cooking up some herbs and rabbit here. Uh, two and a white for a saga. Uh, the first chapter is put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature. Create a food token. Uh, number two is draw a card. Create a food token. Number three, create a one one halfling creature for each food token you control. So well, each food, for, not just tokens, I guess. Yeah, for each food you have. So, so like this is definitely counts. a uh, food token card right here. Definitely. 
Well, yeah, so food deck, you're obviously playing it, right? Yeah, that's really good. Okay, thing. by itself, what does it do, though? Three mana, get a 1-1 one, one and a food, draw a card, get a food, create two 1-1s. One, so what is three mana, two 1-1s, one, a card, and a 1-1 one, 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 one counter worth? Like, is that good enough to play it by itself? Eh, it's pretty good. It's not bad, especially for white. White's pretty good, for sure. It's pretty good, but, like... Yeah. It's definitely fantastic in, you know, the food deck. Yeah, because you get a bunch of dudes out of it. Like, that's not bad. For sure. I think it's, I think it's all right. It's honestly, it's pretty cheap. It's only three. Like, three is I said, it's all right. So, like, and it's white. And it's like a little bit of card draw and white for you, though. Yeah, it's like white doesn't have the most card draw, so that's definitely good for it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely decent. Uh, all right, we are on our last white card. It is the Gaffer. Uh, it is two and a white for a two-three legendary halfling peasant creature. At the beginning of each end step, if you gained three or more life this turn, draw a card. So again, food token uh, synergy. Yeah, also just gain life synergy. This and that, and the bird. Good. This and the bird are going to be in the same deck, right? Like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But if you have them both out, you trigger, draw a card, get a bird. Yeah. <laughs> Seems good to me. Seems really good. <laughs> and this is each end step, too, not just yours. Right. So you can draw a shit ton of cards off of this. Well, four in a rotation. Like For three yeah. mana? That's yeah. pretty good. As long as you have ways to gain three life at instant speed. Right. It's pretty good. Well, White's not bad. Uh, has a lot of uh, well, white things like life gain, unsurprisingly, uh, a surprising amount of card draw for white, which is good to see because that's kind of been white's weakness. Yep. Um, lots of food stuff, lots of soldier stuff. Gotta love. Yeah, it. I mean, all these white cards are pretty solid. I mean, the eagle and this mm-hmm. seem like the best too. But oh yeah, I'd say so too. But yeah, white's pretty pretty good. All right, so uh, blue is next. Yeah, we got the Archivist of Gondor first. It is two and a blue for a 2-3 human advisor. Whenever your commander deals combat damage to a player, if there is no monarch, you become the monarch. At the beginning of the monarch's end step, that player draws a card. So you'll draw two cards, one from the monarch and one from this. So you really want to be the monarch with this out because your opponents get it through drawing two cards. (laughs) <laughs> well and especially if this is like i feel like the monarch is not something that's very common uh unless there's like a deck that's like yeah there is a deck like built around being, being the monarch which that does exist but i feel like a lot of times you're not going to play against that so you a lot of times will probably become the monarch when you play this and then you get a lot of card draw <laughs> yeah they'll draw two but then they're immediately their opponents gonna try to attack you so they can draw two cards right because, like, if they hit you, they become the monarch. Yeah, It's oh. definitely interesting. The issue is, like, the good monarch cards tend to be what not in blue. Mm-hmm. Like, most of them are, are white and, like, red-black. A couple green right. ones. White is the strong color. So you could play dual color, I guess. But, like, the commander a lot of people play is, like, the, with the monarch, it's, like, Queen Marchesa. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's not blue. <laughs> right. So... Or if you're trying to be group hug, I guess you could play this and just be like, hey, yeah, everyone just gets to draw a bunch of cards. Draw. 
<laughs> you want to draw some cards? Yeah. <laughs> Have a card. All right. Uh, next up, we got uh, Corsairs of Umbar. It is three and a blue for a 3-3 three, three human pirate creature. Uh, if you pay two and a blue, target goblin, orc, or pirate can't be blocked this turn. Whenever Corsairs of Umbar deals combat damage to a player, amass orcs three. So this seems great in the, you know, a mass deck. That's where you're going to play it. Really good for that. Uh, basically, all the people building the new Sauron. Uh, this will yeah. probably go in there. Which is a deck that I'm considering building. But then I looked it up, and it's literally the most built deck right now on EDA Trek for the new set. Is the new Sauron. surprising. Okay. <laughs> seems pretty powerful. Sauron, and then I think Tom Bombadil is the second. Mm-hmm. Play those enchantments and things. All right, next up we got Denethor, the Stone Seer. It's one and a blue for a 1-3 legendary creature human noble. When it enters the battlefield, scry two. That's pretty good. Pay three and a red, tap, sacrifice it. Target player becomes the monarch and deal three damage to any target. That's a really weird activated ability. Yourself, the monarch, or somebody else, I guess? Yeah, I mean, you could make somebody else, but you're going to most likely choose yourself as the monarch and then and then bolt something. I don't know. Is four mana become the monarch, bolt something? Is that good ability, or is that, like, garbage? I don't know. Oh, and you have to sack it, too, which is weird. I mean, which is whatever. You got the scry two off of it. I mean, it's only a two drop to scry too. Like that's like I'd play that. It's kind of like a sage owl that's not effect. Bad. That's not bad at all. But the ability is like I'm only gonna use that if I have literally nothing else to do. Probably. Yeah, it's like I feel like this turn that's four, a, I'm probably playing something better than using that ability. <laughs> but I feel like this is better just as a two drop one three scry two, and then you keep flickering it or something than it is yeah. to get rid of it for the monarch. Four to deal three to something, you can bolt something for one. <laughs> really? I know. So it's like, and, and you'd want to do it on your own turn because you want to draw the card at the end step. Card. Yeah. So the so you don't really want to do it at instant speed then. So. I mean, you could if it's like the last turn before you, but. Right. That's. It's still not great, Matt. It's just weird. Yeah. This is an int- this is it's a weird card. card. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like this should be like a uncommon and not a rare. But Yeah, I don't know. It, and this seems this seems not very good as a commander, right? Like no, it'd be a red blue deck based around the monarch. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. definitely the ninety nine if you play it. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Right. I feel like this should be an uncommon. It's like a medium card. Yeah, it's pretty mid. It's pretty mid. uh next up we have fealty to the realm it is four in a blue for an enchantment that's an aura it's an enchant creature when fealty to the realm enters the battlefield you become the monarch the monarch controls enchanted creature enchanted creature attacks you uh or sorry enchanted creature attacks each combat if able and can't attack you yeah, so you become the monarch, you in control of something. If they steal it from you, they can't swing at you with it, at least. Yeah. I don't know, five mana? Like, you could just play... What it, what's the what's the one that you just gain control of a creature? Is that only yeah. that's six or five? five. You have five to, comp- to get a creature? 
What is the one where you just can you control and change a creature? It's like us five. Yeah, I think so. It's like uh... like is the monarch with that much more valuable to you? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. It's, this this is another like, card that I'm like, yeah, I'm probably gonna playing. It's kind of weak. Unless you really care about the monarch, you're not playing this. No. Uh, next up, we got Monstrosity of the Lake. It is four and a blue for a four-six legendary creature, Kraken. All right, we got a big Kraken. What's it do? Krakens. When it enters the battlefield, you may pay five. If you do, tap all creatures your opponent's controls and then put a stun counter on each of those creatures. Oh, oh that's so rude. That's good. But then, but you're paying 10 mana to do that. Because you got to pay for the creature. And then it's Island Cycling for two. That's not bad. Yeah, Island Cycling is um, pretty good. Yeah. Five, Boy, four, I, don't know, I don't know if you're going to be able to pay 10, though. That's a lot of mana. At that point, you just you just play like progenitus or something. Like right, if you're playing five colors at least. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like most of the time you're gonna just put this in as a four six. I mean, if you have a way to flicker it, right? You could play this and then the next turn flicker it and pay the five mana. Five. Yeah. And then they basically. They're tapped out for the rest of the game if you have yeah, a way to flicker this. If you're able to, to perpetually do it. Like this in a conjurer's closet or something. And you, yeah, that's just gross. Like they pretty much tap out all your opponent's stuff for the rest of the game. Yeah, and Unless they like, kill this, but... Something like Brago, this can be just disgusting. Yeah. Like, um, so this is definitely only going to be good in that deck, I think. Yeah, outside of that, it's... You're not going to be paying 10 for this. I mean, or if you just want Island Cycler, like, I mean, that's still... Yeah, I mean, it's an Island Cycler, which is fine, for sure. It's a way to get land. And then late game, you have a 4-6, so, which is fine. But outside of that, yeah, I probably wouldn't be playing it. Uh, next, we got Raise the Palisade. It is four and a blue for a sorcery. Choose a creature type. Return all creatures that aren't of the chosen type to their owner's hands. Yeah, so good in a tribal deck, otherwise it's bad. Yeah, and it costs five, which is... It's still, yeah, it's still good in a tribal deck because I mean, it could yeah, be like a one-sided board. Something right? like that, so yeah, which is a good card. Like, because, I mean, if you're playing like Dragon Tribal or something, right, you play this. Yeah. There's occasionally, they might have one creature that sticks around, but... You're most likely taking... Most them. likely going to be only yours that stick around. Yeah. So it's still yeah. going to do what you want it to. It's it's good in the right and yeah like a tribal a tribal deck that has blue which so yeah wizards maybe <laughs> dragons five color ones like the five color tribes or Any the five color you tribal know. deck you could probably play this yeah always gonna playing it yeah uh, next up we got subjugate the hobbits. Five blue blue for a sorcery. Gain control of each non-commander creature with mana value three or less. Ooh, okay. So new uh, win con with all creatures here. Yeah, except for you don't get commanders. But yeah. I feel this is really. I mean, it, I mean nowadays a lot of people are playing most of their creatures of three or less, unless they're you know dropping big bombs into play. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, realistically, you have to hit three things with this, or it's not worth the seven mana. Yeah, you have to steal at least three things. That's pretty good, though. Like, I mean, if you could seven mana steal three cards, you know, I mean, especially if you have something that like uh, Agent of Treachery, something that procs if you have a bunch of stuff you don't own, right? Or something like, uh, uh, well, no, that that's actually the opposite. So never mind, it's not that. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like. I mean, there's obviously better cards that do like like mob rules better. Granted, that's red, um, but because right. like, then you have a choice. One well, like reigns of power swaps your board with your opponents. Yeah. It's better than this. And that's everything. That's like not just like it, not just non commander or whatever. It's definitely a sweet card if you can cast it for free somehow. <laughs> yeah. Omniscience or something. That's just gross. <laughs> I think we'll see it. I don't think it's the best card, but it's not the worst card. Yeah, like it's it's okay. I personally probably wouldn't play it, but it, yeah, like I don't know because I, I it, just because like for me, like if I'm paying seven mana, I want me to win me the game or at least yeah. be close to winning the game power level. Which and this probably isn't unless you're playing. It's very good against a token deck because yeah, you just like, this will take all the tokens for sure, but. Outside of that, it's like you don't really know what you're going to be getting. It's kind of a mixed bag. All right. Uh, final blue card. Trap the Trespassers. It is two and a blue for an instant. Um, it has Secret Console, which is each player secretly votes for a creature you don't control. Then those votes are revealed. For each creature with one or more votes, put that many stun counters on it, then tap it. So, worst case scenario, one creature is getting tapped for four turns. Yeah, ouch. Best case, four creatures are getting tapped for one turn. Yeah. That's not bad. It's an instant. It's three. And you get to pick one, so you can obviously choose, like, yeah, you the best choose thing what you going to hit you or something. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Like, three mana, tap something down, you would play. This He's going to hit at least a oh, couple yeah. other things. And there's a good chance you hit more stuff, too, especially if you're playing with, you know, more than two. Oh, yeah, I think this is better than it looks. I think, I think this is one of those cards that people are going to read it and be like, huh? And it doesn't seem that good, but once you play with it, you're like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's like, oh. Because <laughs> it's only three mana, so. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Especially in Commander, that's three. Like, I play this in my Gandalf deck, like, just... You know, play this. Like, if you hand off the gray, play this, trigger Gandalf, copy it. <laughs> copy it, do it again. Yeah. Seems good. Just like you can copy Gandalf and draw six cards with that one spell. Yeah, the draw three cards with Island Cycle. Uh, that, was, that was fun. I did that a couple of times. It was really dirty <laughs> in that draft. Uh, all right, so that was blue. Uh, I feel like blue is definitely weaker. It doesn't have as many hard-hitting stuff, I feel. Yeah, it seems okay. It doesn't seem great, but it's okay. It's got it's some medium. stuff that's very good in specific situations, but there's definitely some very mid-stuff in here. All right, it's your color. All right, Mr. Black. We're starting off with uh, Mr. Gollum, the Obsessed star Stalker. 
It's one and a black for a 1-1 legendary creature halfling horror with skulk, which means it can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, each opponent dealt combat damage of this game by a creature named Gollum loses the Gollum the Obsessed Stalker loses life equal to the amount of life you gained this turn. Ooh. So basically you just have to hit each player once with this and then just gain a bunch of life with this out. Yeah. Seems nice. That's pretty good. Like then they're just gonna die. Like it's a way to win in a life gain deck. Yep. You just have to you have got a black white life gain. Orzov. Uh, but I'm sure you can pull that off. Like, I mean, it could be black green too and make it work. Yeah. yeah black There's quite a bit of life gain in mono black too nowadays. Yeah. Especially with all the other BS combos, combos like the, was the Sanguine Bond and. Yeah. The, what is the other one? Sanctum yeah. Blood or something? I don't know. Sanguine Blood? I don't know. There's two of two enchantments that basically just loop where you win the game. Yeah, it just makes you win basically. Like deal half your damn deal half your life. Now deal the other half. Yeah. I win. I hated that. That combo was so stupid back in the day. <laughs> yeah. It happened all the time. Um, but yeah, this is kind of a cool card. I kinda like it. I like it too, yeah. It's cool. Alright. Uh next we have Lobelia, Defender of Bag End. Uh, it is two and a black for a 2-2 legendary halfling citizen creature. When Lobelia enters the battlefield, look at the top card of each opponent's library and exile those cards face down. Uh, tap and sacrifice an artifact. Sorry, sorry, tap this and sacrifice an artifact. Choose one. Until end of turn, you may play a card exile with Lobelia without paying its mana cost, or each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. It seems really good in an artifact, yeah. mono black artifacts. I should get this for my mono black artifact deck. This is great for that, and especially if you have like an artifact deck that you can just you know bring them back with, which a lot of them you can. Right, or if you have a way to untap this, you can keep doing it. Yeah, which also there's a lot of decks. Seems like a sweet card. This also seems like a sweet commander as well. Yeah, honestly, this is a good commander. This would work just fine. It's cheap. Because you know you could do you know mono black artifacts, or you you know you could just do make some sort of artifact tokens and just drain them to death if you want to. It's another way, right? Yeah, like it. All right, next up we got uh, rapacious guest. Just two and a black for a two-two halfling citizen with menace. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a food token. Okay. Whenever you sacrifice a food, put a plus minus one on this. Okay. And when it leaves the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to its power. Well, that seems good. Oh, interesting. All right. So you can make this really big and then make them lose a ton it of definitely, life. This would definitely be in the last card's deck because yeah. make the food, sack the food to Lobelia to use its her ability, and you still get the one more counter on this. Seems good. <laughs> like, that seems great. really good. Well, what more do you want? Yeah. That's called synergy. <laughs> yeah. This this seems really good. All right. Uh, and then our final black card. Clearly, there's not a black deck because there's only a couple of them here. 
uh, is Shelob Dread Weaver. It is three and a black for a three-three legendary spider demon creature. Whenever a non-token creature an opponent controls dies, exile it. Uh, and then you can tap two and a black, put a creature card, exile with Shelob Dread Weaver into its owner's graveyard, put a two plus one plus one counters on Shelob, draw a card. Uh, and then you can also pay X, one, and a black, put target creature card with mana value X exiled with Shelob onto the battlefield tapped under your control. Yeah, so this is bonkers. Busted, man. Holy shit. Sweet commander card, especially if it's your commander. Mm-hmm. Um, also sweet in any deck that, you know, just wants A, card draw, B, to hose your opponent from having a graveyard or creatures in the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Plus it brings stuff back. This card's like awesome. Yeah, this is really good. I mean, yeah, it's only a 3-3, so it's easily killed by like Bolt or something like that, but goddamn does it do some work if it lives. Like, holy crap, this is... that's a Yeah, lot. it's definitely a mana sink. Like, so, I mean, say if you play this on four and you get a couple of coffers a couple turns later, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to draw two cards, yeah. make this... Seven seven, like okay, <laughs> or you know, put something big into play, right? So, yeah, that's a fact. Like, you don't have to tap it for any of the abilities. Like, if you have the mana, you, you can do have to have something die first. But like, like, you have to have a graveyard. But you're if you're playing black, come on, you're gonna have a graveyard most likely. Well, I mean, you have to because you have to put an egg card exile with this into it. So you have to have something die after this is out. Oh, right, yeah. But, like, that's not very hard, especially if you're playing black. Like, you're filled with kill spells and stuff, so... How many kill spells are you going to have? Like, come on. <laughs> that's usually half a black deck. Just kill spells. This is probably the best black card. Yeah, by far. It's really good. Honestly, all the black cards are really good. Yeah, I'd play that's, all the black cards. That's definitely the best one, though. <clears throat> all right, so uh, time for red. Yeah, we got uh, Call for Aid. It is a four and a red for a sorcery. Gain control of all creatures target opponent controls until end of turn. Untap those creatures. They gain haste until end of turn. You can't attack that player this turn. You can't sacrifice those creatures this turn. Okay, that just made it not nearly as good. That made it terrible. Horrible card. Get it out of here. Rip it in half. Come on, really? What's the point? <laughs> Like, I can steal their creatures, like, but I can't attack them or sack them. Like, what like else that, are you going to do? Those two clods is basically like this the worst card ever, right? Like, you can't do anything with their creatures that. Unless they all have activated abilities or something, but even then they're like, ooh. Right. Well, this I is horrible. Enough, if you play I this card enough. because of some combo, let me know. Because this right now, this seems like the worst card ever printed. One and of the worst cards ever printed. five. Like, really? Like, this is bad. It costs five. Like, I would barely play this over the, the card that makes you sack all of your forests. Yeah, okay. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good because uh, you could attack a commander because you could attack someone else, but, like, 
okay, I kill someone that's not the player. I just stole their creatures, which is usually who you want to kill with that. Right, but then you're gonna, they're going to get them back, and they're going to kill you most likely. Right. So it's like this is a I get second card, which is not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get second card. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's the call for eight. I'm aiding you yeah. so that you win, and I get second. You're going to win. I mean, sure, it's politics. That's kind of <laughs> what half a commander is, is po- magic with politics. But, oh, yeah, oh yeah. man, really? This is All bad. Right. Like, I would just play Mob Rule for one more mana. Like, yeah, exactly. Mob Rule is so much better, again. Like, ugh. Again, they had us in the first half until that last sentence. It's just uh, yeah. like, oh, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of the card. <laughs> <laughs> if they even just got rid of one of the two clauses of you either can't attack or can't sack, it would be playable. Yeah, it would. But yeah, with both, it seems really, ball. really bad. That's rough, man. <sighs> All right, moving on. Uh, Cavern Horde Dragon. It is seven red, red, so nine total for a six-six dragon creature. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the greatest number of artifacts and opponent controls. It has flying, trample, and haste. Whenever Cavern Horror Dragon deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token for each artifact that player controls. So, artifact sideboard card, basically. This actually has been going up quite a bit, because a lot of people you know, just play a handful of mana rocks. Yeah. So, that, honestly, you know, if they have three out this is now a six drop that's a six six flying trample haste that swings and gives you three mana back yeah so that's pretty good so this has been going up in price actually this is one of those cards that people have been playing a little bit more um, right i don't think it's crazy i think it's like in the ten dollar range twelve dollar range it's I think. okay but the, it's, it's the good. keywords are definitely nice yeah, it's definitely good. In a dragon deck where you make dragons cost less anyway, yeah, then you know, this you, is pretty you're, good. You're going to be pretty happy. Um, or if you know you know, an opponent that plays artifacts, this is good against that. I mean, the, it's, the ideal dream is you're playing this artifact deck and you just, for two. You just play for two. Like you open. swing, and then all of a sudden you get to cast every card in your hand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty good. <laughs> that's the dream, right? Yeah, you know, worst case, this is probably someone's gonna have a Sol Ring or something. So worst case, you're paying like eight mana. Like I doubt you'll ever have to pay the full nine. Yeah, if if you have to pay the full nine, that is unfortunate. If you have to pay the full nine, then whatever, you just don't play it. Play some other card. You got better shit to play, most likely. Yeah, I think this is okay. I think this is playable. It's like the upside is so big. So I think it's worth playing because, it, you know, if, if you're playing this for even six mana and you can get half that back by the turn you play it because it has haste. Yeah. It's not bad. All right. Was, did I read that one or you? Oh, uh, yeah. You're up. <clears throat> okay. Uh, next up, we got Gimli of the Glittering Caves. It's two and a red for a 1-1 one, one legendary creature dwarf with double strike. Whenever another legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. 
So this is legendary creature, tribal matters. You're going to put this in there. Been seeing a lot of that in this set, so. Uh, I mean, honestly, even just three mana, one, one double strike that gets a treasure. Well, you get two treasures, right? Because it hits twice. Yeah, it hits twice. Like, that's just good, even without the middle part where it gets bigger. (laughs) Yeah, it seems good to me. I think that's all that works. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great Voltron commander too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has this stuff has a lot of uses, and, and it's really not that much. Like, it only costs three. This? this is good. This Gimli is good. This is the best Gimli, I think. Yeah, this is definitely it's way better than the normal one, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Orcish Siege Master. It is two and a red for an 05 Orc Soldier Creature with Trample. Other Orcs and Goblins you control have Trample. Whenever Orcish Siege Master attacks, it gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. It's pretty good for three, really. Like a zero five is hard to kill. Yeah. Makes your whole thing, your whole board, if you're playing an Orcs, like this is good in my mass deck. Mm-hmm. Or if you're playing orcs, goblin, tribal, that's good. Yeah, trample. I feel like in specific decks, this is very good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. On, on its own, as well, it's any creature, right? So on its own, like I have, so forget the goblins part for a second. Yeah, would you play a three mana zero five trample that is its attack is equal to whatever your biggest thing is? Like, because I mean, it's at least going to be a one five. Yeah, that's not bad. Like, it's not bad, but it's fantastic in the tribal decks. Fine for three, honestly. It's got a big butt for blocking. Yeah, like, it's hard to remove, like, a 05. Yeah. So, it's great for blocking, and it gives all your stuff trample. And if you do have another big thing, then this is another big trampler. It's huge, yeah. Seems good. Yep. Uh, next up, we got Rampaging War Mammoth. Five red red for a 9-7 elephant with trample. And has cycling X, two, and a red. And when you cycle it, destroy X target artifacts. Jeez, oh, okay. <laughs> That's kind of cool, having an artifact killer in the creature like this. Yeah. So if, I guess if you have a deck that wants a seven mana nine seven trampler or a three and X destroy X, because I mean like you could get this effect for less mana if you play like by force right like yeah. X and red, but then you don't have the option of a late game being a nine seven trampler. Right, right. It seems okay to me. Yeah, it's like, all right. I like the flexibility of it. Like, if you need a top-end big thing and you need a Destroy Artifacts card in the same deck, like, you have one spot and you need to fill both those roles, this is where you would want this. Yeah. But outside of that, like, you could just play a different big guy and then a cheaper removal spell. Right. But... I mean, 7 for a 9-7 is not bad, honestly. No, it's not, but there's a lot of great things for seven with like constant yeah, there's abilities. better things you can play too or you know elephant tribal here you go it's a big elephant yeah i wouldn't call it a commander but hey it's a good 99 card i guess mm-hmm. it's a good bomb. 
Well, that's red. Um, kind of as red has been going, it's very hit or miss lately. They so. definitely have some big things though in red. Yeah, there's a couple of good ones, but a couple not so good ones. So, <laughs> well, one especially that's not good. <clears throat> All right, so uh, on to green, which is our other main color here. Uh, <clears throat> so our first one is Arwen, Weaver of Hope. Uh, it is one green green for a 2-1 legendary elf noble creature. Each other creature you control enters the battlefield with a number of additional plus one plus one counters on it, equal to R1 Weaver of Hope's toughness. Oh, this is bonkers in the elf deck, right? Because you oh, play, like, play a couple elf... Hey, you just play this, everything else is coming in on the 1-1. One, one. Okay, it's fine. But you play a couple elf lords and this becomes like a, you know... Four three, and then now everything comes in with three one one counters. Plus, it's getting buffed from the lords. Like really good. That's really good. That's gonna get out. That just snowballs so fast. Yeah, and this really is, this is gonna be one of those cards that they're just gonna remove it on site. Yeah, they're gonna have to. <coughs> it comes in as a two one, so it's definitely easy enough to kill. But, uh, but yeah, like if this lives, this can do so much. Yeah, if this lives, and you're just like snowballing elves out. They ain't gonna be able to do anything. They're not gonna be able to keep up. You're just gonna win. So definitely a good like win con option in an elf deck. Yeah, really good for elves. If you don't want to spend a ton of money for crater hoof. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we got assemble the ent moot. Three and a green for an enchantment. All creatures you control have reach. Okay. Sacrifice assemble that moot. Create three tapped XX green tree folk creature tokens where X is the amount of life you've gained this turn and put a reach counter on them. So if you just gain an ass ton of life, that's not bad. Yeah, so you're playing this in a life gain deck. Outside of that, I mean, unless you really don't want, unless you really need a way to block flying. (laughs) <laughs> outside of that it's yeah you, you want it for tree folk and or yeah just like i mean you have to gain at least three life for this to be worth it right yeah i think so like so four man like you would pay would you pay four mana for three three threes with reach oh for sure yeah that's pretty good so, so yeah they come in tapped which sucks because that sucks yeah you can't block them the same turn but so yeah, you have to be able to at least gain three life. Like you probably like put this in a food deck because you could gain three life and then mm-hmm. do that. You play this with something like Seedborn Muse, though, then you don't care. You just unta- untap them. Yeah, that's good. That's true. There's ways around the. the so it's definitely it's definitely possible for this to be insanely good. Yeah, yeah. But this can know, be really. It can also be really bad. So like, obviously, you have to build with. You want this effect. All right, next we got Feasting Hobbit. It is one green for a 2-2 halfling citizen creature. Devour food, three in particular. Um, Creatures with power less than Feasting Hobbit's power can't block it. So basically you're only playing this in the food deck. Like you have to play this in the food deck, otherwise it's... Not because each each food you sacrifice is getting three one one counters. Yeah, like, holy like, that's God. insane. That's a lot. 
Because like you could turn one, play that thing, like search for a land, make a food token. And then turn two, you have a five five that can't be blocked by anything lower than five. Like that's gonna take that's, over the game for a while. That's devastating. <laughs> yeah, shit. that's insane. Like most most decks would not be able to deal with that for like several turns. Like you're gonna you're gonna deal some major damage with this thing. Right. I mean, unless they draw their one two mana kill spell, like yeah, like they they would have to draw like that specific like, like their path or something. And right. honestly, them using their path on something like this, you're okay with that. Yeah, because it was a two you drop. Know, it was a two drop that you now got a land out of, or a two yeah. drop that you gained five life. You gained like, five off of or more. It's like yeah. okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this it, seems it's, awesome. It's, this can be. Really good. I like this card. Mm-hmm. It's just a big hobbit that eats all your food. Gets bigger. This gets huge. Uh, next up, we got Gladrahim Ambush. Three and a green for an instant. Create X one one green elf creature tokens, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Prevent all combat damage will be dealt this turn by non elf creatures. So this is definitely another fantastic card in an elf deck. Swing with your board, make a bunch of 1-1s that are tagging, and your elves won't die. Another alternate option for a wincon and elves that's not greater. Yep. <clears throat> really, really good for that. But like you're probably not playing this outside of an elf deck. No, I would say an elf deck this would not really do anything for you. I mean, this you could make great. a bunch of you could make a bunch of one ones, but like, yeah, that won't die. But like the rest of your shit could still that. And I don't know if that's worth four mana. Like in an elf deck, in an elf deck, you're swinging. You're at least going to be making four one ones probably. So yeah, and easily. then you're keeping all your board. Right, that's what you want for sure. Or more, and especially if you have lords or archdroids and stuff, they're going to be like two, yeah. three, threes, or give that other thing. They're all going to come in with a bunch of counters. But <laughs> yeah, they're... in elves, like elves, just elf ball out of control. So yeah, this, this is, this is so good. Made for, this is made for elves, just totally. All right, uh, next we got Hal Deer, Lorian Lieutenant. Uh, it is X and a green for a zero zero. Legendary elf soldier creature. Heldir Lurian Lieutenant enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. Has vigilance. Uh, and then you can also pay five in a forest until end of turn. Other elves you control gain vigilance and get plus one plus one for each plus one plus one counter on Haldir. Another insanely good elf guard. Yep. Really good in elves. Did elves need... More cards that are good, elves. Not really, but I guess we're getting them. <laughs> Look, elves is already elves a fantastic already deck, good. right? Now it's just like even better. Like now, every every elf deck is just going to be rare, 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 rare. Like it was just like earlier. It's like, do we really need more like buff ass dragons? Like there's the most crazy dragons we had, like in the D and D set. It's like okay, now we're getting more elves. It's like oh my god. because because it's just like it's just like elves in general like are just so good like yeah the only common and uncommon elves you're gonna play are the mana dorks 
pretty much. And maybe something like, you know, Nettie or something, you know? Yeah. With that old school style. But, yeah, just crazy. (laughs) All right, next up we got Legolas Greenleaf. Two and a green for a 2-2 legendary creature elf archer with reach. Uh, Legolas can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Whenever another legendary creature enters the battlefield under control, put a 1-1 counter on Legolas. And whenever Legolas deals comp damage to a player, you draw a card. That's really good. (laughs) That's so much shit. Yeah, Legolas seems really good. You can play him in legendary creature matters to get him big, right? Yep. By himself, he's three for a two-two reach that it can't be blocked by weak dudes, and you're gonna draw like some cards. He jumped, and then he draws. Yeah, it's like sure, like he's good just on his own. He doesn't. He, I mean, it's, honestly, very, very much to the flavor of the character in the, in the books. Like, yeah, he kicks ass, and yeah, this card kicks ass just by itself, or in like an elf deck or a legendary deck, it's even better. So it's just like, yeah, it's just take, pay, take your pick basically. Yeah. It's really Another great card for elves. Also good for legendary creature matters. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Next we got Mirkwood elk. It is five and a green for a six, six elk creature with trample. Whenever Mirkwood Elk enters the battlefield or attacks, return target elf card from your graveyard to your hand. You gain life equal to that card's power. So it's literally a big buff trampling e-witness that gains you life. <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, I don't know, six for six six trample that brings an elf back, but then it, I read the part or attacks. Mm-hmm. So you will get oh, an elf every single turn. Yeah, I, just, I, I mean, you're not going to gain a ton of life off this because most elves are like one twos, two threes, like yeah. But it is a six six trample that brings elves back, so it's definitely a decent card in an elf deck. It's going to keep getting your shit back, so that's that's pretty good. You're know. definitely not going to play it outside an elf deck, though. No, it's not going to do anything. I mean, sure, it's a six six with trample, whatever. Yeah, but then you There's might other play cards that do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's some better shit. But in elves, yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's a perpetual thing. That unless you're unless your like graveyard gets exiled, then then you cry, sure. But um, so far, this is the worst green card we've seen. Yeah, and that's saying <laughs> this is good at elves. It's still good. Uh, next up, we got motivated pony. It's a four and a green for a three-three horse creature with trample and haste. And whenever it attacks, attacking creatures get plus one plus one until end of turn. If a food enter the battlefield to control this turn, untap those creatures to get an additional plus two plus two until oh end of turn. God. Okay, so it's, it's only until end of turn, but still, that's, so it's a, that's pretty good. Five for a three three haster that buffs everything one one, but in a in the food deck, they're getting vigilance and three three. Seems really good. That's like crazy. in the food deck, every single turn, this is going to be give your board three three vigilance when they attack. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> so gross. As long as you're able to get like this count, this counts itself. So, like, this would yep. be a six six then. Yep. Like, <laughs> this is fantastic in the food deck. Outside of that, I mean, it's still giving your board one one is still good in like a token deck. Right? 
Like just get mm-hmm. everything one one, including itself. Blanket blanket plus one plus one counters are great in token decks like that. Well it's not counter, it's just one one to on a turn. Right. Well, yeah, but I mean But that's still pretty good. That's still good. Go a buff. Deck. Yeah. That's a, but it's fantastic in the food deck. But yeah, that's just insane. So it's basically an overrun, but vigilance instead of trample. Yep. Every single attack. As long as you get a yeah, as long as, as, long as you, as you make a food, yeah. So it's not bad. It's not bad at all. All right, next we got Prize Pig. It is one in a green for a zero three boar. Whenever you gain life, put that many ribbon counters on Prize Pig. Then, if there are three or more ribbon counters on Prize Pig, remove those counters and untap it. Tap add one mana of any color. So in a game life deck, this is probably better than your Birds of Paradise if you have like yeah. a five color or multi color game life deck. Now the question is: Is a zero three tap for any color worth playing in a five color deck, even if you don't have any ways to gain life? Uh, probably, right? Probably, yeah. Because like you play, you play the three. I mean, you play the two mana <laughs> hexproof one over this, but yeah. This is probably the third best one. Yeah. Has any color? There's not a lot of cards that tap for any color for it's, it's under three than, mana. It's, it's better than Chromatic Lantern because, like, that costs more. Granted, yeah. it makes all your lands tap for anything too, which is good. But I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, I could see this is fantastic in the game life deck in a five color deck. This, if you need another mana dark, this is probably one you play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Travel Through Karadharas. Karadharas, yes. Yeah. Five in the green for a sorcery. Starting with you, each player votes for Redhorn Pass or Mines of Moria. For each Redhorn Pass vote, search your library for a basic land card and put on the battlefield tapped. If you search your library this way, shuffle. For each Minds of Moria vote, return a card from your graveyard to your hand. Exile this. Okay. So you're guaranteed to at least get lands or get cards from your graveyard? I mean, you're probably going to choose card from your graveyard, right? Most That's likely. usually better than a land when you have six mana. Yeah, because you have six but mana. I feel like most of the time good. people are going to choose the land because the land's coming tapped, right? So. Yeah. You're probably a majority of the time you're going to get one card back to your hand and three lands tapped for six. That seems good if you have a landfall deck, but outside of that, I don't know if you're playing this. And in a landfall deck, I don't know if you want basics. I mean, you want some, but other stuff. Yeah, play non basics most likely. I mean, you play a lot of non basics because you have like the the fetches and stuff, but exactly. You do play some, especially if you're playing like search for a bunch of basics. Yeah, you definitely have to have some, but you're probably going to be getting stuff back. I don't know. I feel like the other card that's around the similar cost was the other card, like six or seven. You just search for like nine lands. Like that's better. Yeah, that's way better. Because this gets exiled, so you can't even like cast. Yeah, you it again. can't even like cast it again. Yeah. I think it's, this is probably the worst screen card you've seen. And it's playable. It's definitely it's playable. It's still okay. Like, it's, it's okay. Not the best. 
right, and then we have uh, one last green card here. We have Wind Swift Slice. It is two and a green for an instant. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. Create a number of 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature tokens equal to the number of excess damage dealt this way. Yeah, so this is just a fantastic bite spell. Like, you'll put yeah. this in any deck. Like, in elves, it's great because you're making elf tokens. In non-elves, whatever. I have my big thing, fight your little thing, make a bunch of 1-1s. One, like, that's still good for three mana. I killed something and really got 1-1s. One, yeah. So you're going to put this... I think this is this might be just a... <laughs> If you're playing a mono green deck or a deck that wants bite spells, you're playing this card. Yep. Yep. This does a lot of work. And that was green. So green's um, the best color by far, right? Yeah, green is bonkers. Like there's one card that's medium but still playable. Yeah. Like, like that's pretty good. And all the other cards in here are just insane, especially in the right circumstances. Some just insane in general. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Green is very good. All right, so does that bring us on to multicolor? We are on to multi. All right, so first up we got Boromir Gondor's Hope. There's two, a white and a blue for a 3-4 luxury creature human warrior. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a human or an artifact card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it seems great in a human tribal deck. Seems great in an artifact deck. Yeah. Good as a commander because you can go either way. And it triggers on attack and ETB. And it's only four mana. I don't see where this is bad, like unless you're not playing artifacts or humans. Yeah, the only reason is be like if you're not playing what he's searching for. Otherwise, yeah. you probably are gonna play this. Yeah, it seems good. Seems good to me. <clears throat> All right, and then I believe uh, the next card is Faramir, Steward of Gondor. It is one white and a blue for a 2-2 two, two legendary human noble creature. Whenever a legendary creature with mana value 4 or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your end step, if you're the monarch, create two one-one white human soldier creature tokens. So here's again your legendary creature deck matters. Yep. Um, also, you could build it as a monarch deck because then you get a bunch of human soldier That's tokens. Dudes also, could play this in a human tribal deck. So yep. I feel like he fits in pretty much wherever you want. Um, and as a commander, he seems pretty good, actually. Yeah, not he's bad. Not, he's not great, but he's not like bad either. Especially for like those kinds of decks, it's very good for that. Uh, next up, we got Grimma, Saruman's footman. Two bastard, <laughs> blue and a black for a one-four legendary creature, human advisor. Uh, he can't be blocked. Uh, and whenever Grimma deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then that player puts the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of their library in a random order. So one foil will cast stuff for free. Seems good. Yeah, seems very good. That's annoying. 
I mean, you get an instant of sorcery no matter what. Yep, it can't be blocked. You find a way to buff him or something, and you're you're pretty happy. And he could be your commander. <laughs> it's a pretty decent commander, to be honest. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet card. Value yeah. City. All the value. All right, next we got Lord of the Nazgul. It is three blue black for a four three legendary wrath or sorry, Wraith noble creature. Uh it has flying. Wraiths you control have protection from ring bearers. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a three three black wraith creature token with menace. Then if you control nine or more wraiths, wraiths you control have base power and toughness. 9-9 until end of turn. So they just get big. Yeah, so this is where uh, you want all nine Nazguls in your commander deck. Yep. Um, the protection from ring bears, I don't think it's going to come up very often. That's like literally just for this set. Unless you're playing against people with cards from this set, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the flavor of it, so I get it. But, yeah. yeah. But... I mean, just making a bunch of wraiths and then they're all 9 9 seems good. And the Nazgul's put 1 1 counters on themselves. So, like, there'll be 9 9s plus whatever the 1 1 counters are. Yeah. So, this seems awesome as a, like a commander and you it's specifically build that deck. It's going to be very instant sorcery spell heavy, though, mm-hmm. and very focused around the commander because you're going to play the 9 Nazgul's and then there's maybe a handful of other wraiths that were imprinted in this set. And then maybe some changelings you could fit in. But other than that, you're going to basically play instant sorceries. Yep. So it's going to be, make sure you get this guy out, cast the thing, make a wraith. Do that again when they kill it. Do it again when they kill it. Do it again when they kill it. So that's one thing that's going to slow this deck down, I think, is if they have a way to constantly kill your commander. Yeah. Um, it's like a full-blown like Voltron deck, basically. That's what you're going for here. Well, I mean, you're just going to slowly go wide with race tokens, but... Yeah, you just make them... Get them all out. So definitely, I think you play get a lot of... Pieces. You'll definitely play a lot of stuff that can protect your commander, you know, like counter spells and stuff, and Things you know, cheap removal spells. And remove your... Anything that searches for a card so you can keep getting your Nazgul's. Yeah. It seems like it could be a cool deck to play, though, like the flavors. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, next up, we got the Lidless Gaze. Two black red for a sorcery. Exile the top card of each player's library. You may, until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards and mana of any type can be spent to cast them. And it's flashback for two black red. So you basically cast this and then you have a whole turn till the end of your next turn to play all those cards. It's pretty good. Yeah. And you can flash it back later, do it again. When you have more mana. It's each player too, so that's not bad. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be four cards, and you can play lands off it, so yeah. As long as you haven't played your land that turn. Right, yeah. I think it's pretty good. Like I could see, you know, you play uh I don't know what you would put your commander, but something for a chaos deck, and then you play like a Tali in this, and just your whole deck is like play your opponent's stuff. Yeah, there's plenty of decks out there that are like that, so this would be an addition to that. All right, 
Next, we got Moria Scavenger. It is one black red for a 1-4 orc rogue creature with death touch and haste. Tap it. Discard a card. Draw a card. If the discarded card was a creature card, a mass orcs won. Seems good in the mass deck, right? Or more for the mass deck, for sure. Uh, worst case, it's a 1-4 death touch haste looter, which is still good. Yeah. Still not bad for three. Yeah. That's a lot of that that can be a lot of value, depending on your situation. Uh next up we got the Balrog of Moria. Four black black red for a legendary creature avatar demon. It's an eight eight with trample and haste. And when he dies, you may exile it. When you do, for each opponent, exile up to one target creature that player controls. And then it has cycling for three and a red. And when you cycle it, create two treasure tokens. Damn, that's a lot of shit. So you can cycle it off to make two treasures early game. So it's like a ramp spell. And late game, it's an 8-8 trample haste. That When it dies, you're getting rid of the best thing everybody has out. Pretty yeah, good. remember when we talked about how uh, there's better things you can play for seven mana? Yeah, this, this is, one. is one of them. <laughs> this is a good card. <laughs> yeah, That's this is a good value card. City right there. Plus the demon if you got demon tribal. Yep, right. yep, good for demon or 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 the avatars. There there are some avatars too. Um, also, it would be is kind of silly as a commander because you could play it, sack it, do its ability, and then exile it. Or exile it to do its ability and then put it in the command zone. And then just do it again. <laughs> and then, but you'd have, a, it costs you a ton of mana to keep doing yeah, that. Like good luck actually casting it. So I feel like it's better in the 99. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's, uh, that's a bomb and a half. That's, that's pretty good. All right. Uh, next up, we got two greedily, two deep. Uh, it's a five black and a red for a sorcery. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That creature deals damage equal to its power to each other creature. Yeah, so you bring back the biggest thing in a graveyard and then board wipe the rest and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, and it's any graveyard too. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. So I'll, I'll bring back your Dark Steel. Well, I guess that won't be in the graveyard, but whatever. I'll bring back your 8 8 and then kill everything else, and I have an 8 8 still. Avacyn or something. Yeah. It's like, oops. <laughs> or, I mean, if you have the best board, you just bring back a creature that's smaller than the things you want to live. and then... Yeah, and that works too. Yeah. Not bad. Not that's cost seven, though, which is a lot. It's a lot, but, I mean, honestly, in the best case scenario, you're going to kill everything and have a huge thing on the board. So Yeah, which is a good that's place probably to be. You you're you're going to be in a good place. Uh, next up, we got Wake the Dragon. It is four black-red for a sorcery. Create a 6-6 six, six black and red dragon creature token with Flying Menace. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, gain control of target artifact that a player controls. And it has Flashback for six black-red. So would you play six for a 6-6 six, six Flying Menace when it deals damage, gain control of an artifact they have? I'd say so. All right, well, then you might as well play it because you play this and then you can flash it back later if you have nothing to do. Do it again for two more mana. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Bad. 
six for just six for a six six with flying and menace is by itself pretty good and then yeah and if you have a way to like populate your tokens there you go yeah you got six sixes it's not bad uh next up we got banquet guess it is x green white for a zero zero halfling citizen creature <laughs> God, these things are funny. Affinity for food. <laughs> Good in the food. Uh, yeah, so uh, makes it less for every food token you got. Has trample. Banquet guests enter the battlefield with twice X plus one plus one counters on it. Then you can pay two sacrifice of food. Banquet guests gains indestructible until end of turn. So if you have two foods out. This is a two mana four four with trample. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. That is really good. Uh, this is great in the food deck, right? Because, like, it's basically <laughs> yeah. as long as you have a food out, you you don't you you don't have to pay mana past the two really, unless you yeah. want to. And then if they try and blow it up, you can just sack the food that would give it indestructible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is so good in a food deck. Outside the food deck, is it good though? Like, would you pay X for two X counters for trample? That's not. not, That's not bad. bad. You might play that. Yeah, it's still playable. It's definitely way better than the food deck, though. Yeah, and the food deck is just busted, though. Like, actually busted. You just like in in like a perfect world, all you need is a Selesnia signet, basically. Right. You're good to go. Uh, next up, we got Farmer Cotton. It's X, green and a white for a 1-1 legendary creature, a halfling peasant. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, create X, 1-1 white halfling creature tokens and X food tokens. So uh, this goes with the other card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play this first. Play out a bunch <laughs> of halflings and foods for your like five mana, four mana. And then play the banquet guest basically for free. Yeah, <laughs> it's gigantic, and will never seems, die. This seems bonkers as a commander, though, right? Oh yeah, it's really good as a commander. I mean, you have to pay the extra two every time, but like whatever. Okay, yeah. You're making a bunch of one ones and foods every single time as it comes into play. Yeah, I don't think you care. Yeah, I don't think you care either. Based deck, that's what you want. You almost yeah. want this to die as much as possible, so you can keep doing it. Yeah. This seems sweet as a commander. Yeah. I mean, it's also great in, like, the Samwise food deck, too. Yeah. You can almost, like, sack it off to something and then bring it back. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, next, we have Mary, Warden of Isengard. Uh, he is one green-white for a 1-4 legendary halfling advisor creature. Partner with Pippin, Warden of Isengard. Um, whenever one or more artifacts enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token with lifelink. This ability triggers only once each turn. So you make a food token, you're getting a 1-1 one, one soldier. You make artifact tribal de- artifact deck, you're making a 1-1 one, one soldier. And it only triggers once a turn, but still good, 3 for a 1-4. Yeah. That's still just fine, honestly. 
Uh, next up, we got Sam, Loyal Attendant. One green-white for a 2-4 legendary creature halfling peasant that partners with Frodo, the adventurous hobbit. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a food token. Wow. Activated abilities of foods you control cost one must to activate. So Ooh. you have to pay one to crack them instead of two. Also very good. Oh my gosh. They're just really pushing this food deck, aren't they? Oh my. Yeah, you could make a the food food decks are going to be good, I think. Yeah. I mean, but you kind of have to because food in general is not that good. Like just making yeah. tokens that sack to give you life is like whatever. Like so you need a lot of synergy to make it good. But yeah, these are definitely going to make the synergy very much a thing. All right, next we got Treebeard, Gracious Host. Uh, he has two green and white for a zero five legendary tree folk creature. He has trample and ward two. When Treebeard Gracious Host enters the battlefield, create two food tokens. Whenever you gain life, put that many plus one plus one counters on target halfling or tree folk. Seems great, especially if you're playing that farmer guy as the commander. Yeah, you're just gonna have tokens up the ass. And, and you're gonna you're have, gonna have halflings up the wazoo, and then you're gonna sack the foods to to put one one counters on things. And then you have Sam out, so they only cost one to to break. <laughs> yeah. And you gain an ass ton of life, and your shit just this gets food deck seems like it's gonna be good. Yeah, this is this is gonna be busted as hell. All right, next up we got Frodo. So this is the one that partners with Sam. Yep. Uh, white and a black, so that means you would be a green, white, black deck if you played the partners as commanders. Uh, partners with Sam, Vigilance, Legendary Halfling, 1-3. Uh, whenever Frodo, Adventurous Hobbit, attacks, if you gain three or more life this turn, the ring tempts you. Then if Frodo is your ring bearer and the ring has tempted you two or more times this game, you draw a card. Ooh, okay. So you gain three life this turn, ring tempts you, and then draw a card if your ring is past level two. Yep, so again, like with the food decks, you're going to easily be able to do that every single turn. Yeah, I mean, and if you don't aren't even with the food things, like you just have to have a way to gain three life and attack with yeah, it. Yeah, which there's plenty of ways to do that. The foods are like the easiest, but yeah. Right. <clears throat> now, especially if you're using Sam as your partner. So then you have then if you did this, you'd have the Frodo and Sam food deck, which is I'm pretty sure they're the commanders of that deck. Yeah. Yep. Very good. All uh, right. Next we got Summons of Saruman. Uh, it is X and uh, blue and red for a sorcery. A mass orcs X mill X cards. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value X or less from among them without paying its mana cost. Uh, and then it has flashback, three blue-red exile X cards from your graveyard. I mean, wow, it seems a, good, right? Yeah, that seems very good. Like, if you pay five for X, it's a seven mana, make a five-five, mill five, cast something that's five or less for free seems good to me seems very good and then later in the game it's a five mana exile a few cards make a token play something for free yeah it's great especially in the mass deck but even with just a blue red spells you'd probably play this is it is it likes to play spells (laughs) like you just get a bonus token to block with yeah or attack with if it's big enough yeah this 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 is very good just like 
even without the amass, like it's it's just good on its own. Once it fills your graveyard, so if you have the things like the Gandalfs, whatever, where it deals damage, you can stuff in your graveyard. Yeah. So it yeah. fills it. So I feel like this is a good card. Yeah, this is really good. Uh, next up, we got Pippin, the one that partnered with Mary. Uh, so it's black and a green for a 2-2 Legendary Halfling Advisor. Partner with Mary. Uh, it has pay one and tap it, create a food token. Then it has tap, sacrifice four foods. Other creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and haste until end of turn. Activate only as a sorcery. Oh, God. So it's another overrun by sacking four foods. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. This food deck, man. Jesus Christ. What color was Mary? Uh, Mary is white green. So you have white okay, green. so in the Sam and Frodo deck, you can play Pippin and Mary. Yeah, you can literally And vice versa. So you can play all of them and just have like a, a food matters deck. Food frenzy, basically. That seems good. <laughs> yeah, that seems really good. Like, the food synergy here is crazy. Holy God. Yeah, you're definitely going to be seeing more food decks, guys. Just, just saying. That's yeah. going to happen. These are way too good not to use. Yeah, and plus food was what eventually was originally in what Eldraine? Eldraine, yep. And the so next stuff from that too. And this fall we're going back to Eldraine, so it's probably gonna be more food so stuff. So it's probably gonna get, be more. So it's probably gonna be more support. Yeah, so yeah, the, the the food decks have a shit ton of support now. And we'll have even more in the future. So definitely looking forward to that. We love to see it. This is also why that uh academy manufacturer guy that like i bought a bunch of it for like two bucks because i was like it's eventually gonna be good now it's up to like six dollars really good because because every time you make a food treasure or clue you make all of them oh right yeah yeah you're probably gonna put that in all these decks too yep that's that's pretty good all right uh, next, we have Aomer, King of Rohan. Uh, it is three red white for a 2 2 legendary human noble creature with double strike. Aomer enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each other human you control. When Aomer enters the battlefield, target player becomes the monarch. Aomer deals damage equal to its power to any target. Here's the battlefield for each other human. Okay. It deals Okay. So you become the monarch. At minimum, you're doing two damage. Probably a lot more because it's like turn five. Yeah. I would hope so. It seems great in a human deck. I don't know, I don't know if I'm playing it outside of that. Yeah, this is definitely for humans, for sure. Uh, next up, we got fourth Aerolingus. I think I said that right. I don't know. Uh, X red white for a sorcery. Create X two two red human knight creature tokens with trample and haste. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to one or more players this turn, you become the monarch. So this is being played in Legacy. Yeah, this. I wonder why. <laughs> because you could pay three mm-hmm. for two two. Trample Haster, hit them, and you become the monarch, and you're going to keep drawing a card every turn. 
Yep. So what people have been doing is they're they're putting this in their blue red Delver decks, so it's becoming a blue red white Delver deck. Just guy Delver. In, basically. Which in Legacy you can do such things because there's dual lands. <laughs> yep. So yeah, this I think this is up to like a twelve dollar card because it's been just bonkers. Oh, yeah. And late game, obviously, you could just pay a bunch into X and just win. Yeah. So. Easily. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> All right. Uh next we got Oath of Errol. Uh it is three red and a white for a saga. Chapter one, create two one one white human soldier creature tokens. Chapter two, create two 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 red human knight creature tokens with trample and haste. And chapter three, put an indestructible counter on up to one target human. You become the monarch. So five mana. You get two two twos, two one ones, and one of them becomes indestructible in the monarch. Okay. Yeah, it's all right for five. I mean, you're getting six power for five mana, trample, haste, indestructible, monarch. It's a lot of keywords, I guess. It's a lot of stuff. They can always just wipe you before chapter three, though, and then you're kind of sad. So. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the it's monarch. Like, well. <laughs> it's also really slow because, like, turn five, okay, I get two one ones. Next turn, okay, I have two two two. You, yeah. Okay, exactly. now one of them's indestructible. I'm the monarch. Yeah. I don't know. It's I'd have to play with it a few times to see, but I have a feeling that unless you're playing Tom Bombadil, you're not going to put the saga in your deck. Yeah, that'd be the only reason you probably play this. <laughs> and there's probably better sagas anyway, so. Yeah, I just don't know how many sagas there is. You might have to just play them all. But maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, f- I feel like there's got to be plenty, though. There's probably enough now, though. But they've been making sagas forever, so <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, next up, we got the Riders of Rohan. Three red-white for a 4-4 human knight. When it enters the battlefield, create two 2-2 red human knight creature tokens with Trample and Haste. And it has Dash for four red-white. If you do against haste, and then you put it back in your hand instead. So I feel like the dash is better, right? Yeah, dash is really good. Like you're dashing and you're hitting him with a four four and two two twos, and, and then this is going back to your hand afterwards. So they can't target it. You only I mean, have to they, pay I mean, one they, extra. they could block and kill it, but I mean, outside of that, obviously, you only have to pay one extra. Yeah, that's not bad. It's pretty good. And you're slamming on them for eight. Yeah, then you can just keep doing that ETB too, so you keep making more dudes. Yep. Yep, that's pretty nice, honestly. Or if you have a way to flicker it, you can just play it out normally. Even you better. <laughs> then you don't have to pay the extra. All right. It seems uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's okay. Uh, next, we got Taunt from the Rampart. Uh, it is three red white for a sorcery. Goad all creatures your opponents control until your next turn. Those creatures can't block. So you get a free swing in, and then they have to attack somebody other than you. Yeah. It's playable. Right? I mean, if you're 1v1, to get an unblocked swing is pretty good. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, if you're not... Game, 
Yeah. In the regular part of the game, you're like, all right, uh, you can't attack me, and I can swing at you with everything. Yeah, it's just like extra pol. It's basically some politics. It basically is just going to get you a free swing with all of your stuff, and they can't block it. So it's going to give you a free swing, and then they can't attack you back. Yeah. Unless, like, someone went and killed everyone but you before your turn, but... (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. I know you're not not a huge fan of gold either, so... (laughs) No, but as far as gold cards go, it seems like a better than most. one of the better ones, yeah. Yeah. I could see it being played. It's definitely good if you have, like, a lot of tokens or something, because it's kind of like... I could take a turn off, not have to worry about getting hit, and I can still swing at you with all my stuff. Yeah. Maybe you kill somebody with this because they can't block, and then... Yeah, I could see it killing someone for sure. Well, they just... Well, those creatures just can't block. Okay, so your opponents get to swing in on block too to the other opponents. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like one or two people are probably going to die if you play this at the right time. Mm-hmm. It can be very good. But it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be timed right, though. Yeah, because, I mean, if you time it right, you could be like, okay, kill this guy. Now that guy goes. He kills the third guy. And now it's your turn. And he and his creatures are all tapped because he attacked. And then you swing and kill him. So the best case scenario is this wins you the game. But that's assuming your opponent, you know, is forced to attack. Yeah. And didn't have a way to do something else with their creatures. It's okay. I don't know. I feel like it could be good in the right scenario, but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Goad to begin with. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Siridin, the Shipwright. Three, green, blue for a three, four legendary creature, elf, noble with vigilance. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, each player secretly votes for a player. Then those votes are revealed. Each player draws a card for each vote they received. Each player who received no votes may put any permanent card from their hand onto the battlefield. Oh my gosh. That's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> You're attacking, and the goal is everyone gets one vote, because then everyone draws. But... You could be sneaky, not vote for yourself, or vote for yourself, and then you you could draw a bunch of cards, or everybody else gets free stuff. Yeah, this can go in a lot of ways. This is a really interesting card. It's definitely interesting. I feel like the person who gets to put something in for free is winning. Is like you want to get no votes. That's the winner because you basically show and tell something. It's like, okay, here you go. Here's my you know omniscience or something. Have fun. <laughs> but I feel like if you're playing this as your commander in your deck, you probably have a lot of stuff that you want to play for free. So most of the time, they're probably all just going to vote for you. Yeah. They're just going to make you draw like three or something. Which Yeah, and then you draw three, draw four, but and then they all get something to play for free. Yeah. Like, that's not so great. I feel like this is going to backfire more than it's going to work, but I mean, maybe it'll work out good. If you can go against people who are like naive enough to like not like care, then yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> All right, next up we got Elrond of the White Council. 
Uh, it is three green blue for a three three legendary elf noble creature. Uh, it has secret council. When Elrond of the White Council enters the battlefield, each player secretly votes for fellowship or aid. Then those votes are revealed. For each fellowship vote, the voter chooses a creature they control. You gain control of each creature chosen this way. And they gain this creature can attack its owner. Then for each aid vote, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So they either give you a creature that can't attack them or all your stuff gets buffed. Yep. So worst case, you're getting four one one counters on everything? Yeah, that's not bad, honestly. Four one one counters on everything is pretty good for five. Because you have to vote eight, right? Like, cause yeah. Why would you choose your own creature to get control? You wouldn't. Of yeah, yeah. So you're at least getting one, one, one on everything. Yeah, it seems fine. I don't know. Five for a three, three is kind of. It's kind of. And it's only ETB. It's not when it attacks. Also, you get it one time. Right. <clears throat> you kind of have to time it when you have a pretty big board. Yeah, if you don't have a big board, this, then this isn't very great, for sure. Like, because you're guaranteed to get one 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 counter and everything. Yeah. And then you're probably going to get more, because unless they just have a creature they don't care about. If they just yeah. have, like, a mana dork or something. It seems okay. Yeah, it's it's all right. If you have a voting deck, you know, or I think there's a card, there's a card now because of all these that you get to choose. I think it's a blue card for good spear seal. It's you choose how each player votes. Oh, jeez, <laughs> That's rude. And that card spiked a lot. Like it's like two, it's like an uncommon or something that's now worth like two bucks. Yeah. I'm not surprised. So it's like an instant or source. It's an instant. I think that lets you choose how everyone votes. Mm-hmm. All right, next up we got a Restore of the Council. It's one blue, green for a 2-4 elf noble legendary creature. Whenever players finish voting, each opponent who voted for a choice you voted for creates a treasure token. You scry X for X is the number of opponents who didn't vote for the choice you voted for. Draw a card. Interesting. Okay. So every time you vote, people that agreed with you get treasure... People that didn't let make you scry and you draw a card no matter what. Interesting. That seems pretty cool. Just a voting yeah. deck. Yeah, so really good. It really digs into that for sure. Um, I don't know how many cards we really have for like Council's Judgment or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of. Well, again, if you played Elrond as the commander, you could just sack him yeah. and play him again. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. Next, we got Galadriel, Elven Queen. Uh, it is two green blue for a four five legendary elf noble creature. Uh, speaking of all the council, this has it. 
Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if another elf entered the battlefield under your control this turn, starting with you, each player votes for Dominion or Guidance. If Dominion gets more votes, the ring tempts you. Then you put a plus one, plus one counter on your ring bearer. If Guidance gets more votes on the vote, or the vote is tied, draw a card. So this seems like a good commander. Yeah. And then you just play an elf deck, and you're going to get value out of this. Yeah, that's every combat on your turn. Yeah. That's definitely not bad. Because you're either going to get ring tempts you in a 1-1 encounter, or draw a card. Yep. Seems good. Yep, I'm totally okay with either of those turnouts. Uh, next up, we got Gandalf, the Westward Voyager. Three, green, blue, for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature avatar wizard. Whenever you cast a spell with mana value 5 or greater, each opponent reveals the top card of their library. If any of those cards share a card type with that spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy, and each opponent draws a card. Otherwise, you draw a card. So you cast a creature spell that's five or more. Everyone flips with top card. Of their, each opponent flips with top card of their deck. If they any of them have a creature, you get a token copy of it. If you whiff on all of them, you draw a card. Yep. I mean, that's pretty awesome, good. Right? That's that's insane. I feel like this is going. You're just definitely going in the high CMC matters deck, right? Like the, yeah. the partners yeah. that Jake has. Oh, totally. Some of those sweet as a deck yourself. You're just going to play a bunch of ramp spells and then cast big things that cost a lot of mana. Yeah, this, this is this is really good. I mean, you actually probably just want things that cost five because then you're going to get stuff that's bigger from your opponent. Exactly. You'll probably get their better shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems good for sure. It's Gandalf. He's always, all the Gandalfs are good. I, so. They really are. <laughs> He's OP. What do you want? All right, next we got Mirkwood Trapper. It is one green-blue for a 1-4 elf scout creature. Whenever a player attacks you, target attacking creature gets minus two, minus zero until end of turn. Whenever a player attacks, if they aren't attacking you, that player chooses an attacking creature. It gets plus two, plus zero until end of turn. So it's a 1-4 elf that makes people want to not attack you. Yeah. Seems okay. Yeah, it's all right. Not like the best, but it'd be better if it was like minus two, minus two. Mm-hmm. Like, haha, you attack me, something's dying. Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be pretty good. <laughs> Is that it, or do we have more cards? There's more cards. You don't have them? <laughs> uh, doesn't want to move on like I have them. Oh, maybe it's because I bet you it started at a different spot. Is the next card Radagast? Yeah, that's Radagast. Okay. 
And you're up. Oh, yeah. So next up is Radagast, Wizard of the Wilds. Two, a green and a blue for a 3-5 legendary creature avatar wizard with ward one. Beast and birds you control have ward one. Whenever you cast a spell of mana value five or greater, choose one. Create a 3-3 green beast creature token. Create a 2-2 blue bird creature token with flying. So again, this is kind of another high CMC matters uh, card. Yeah, but you could also play it as a Beast Bird Tribal deck. Or, yeah, just Beast Bird Tribal also works, too. That's very nice as well. Seems pretty good. Yeah. 4 4 3 5 that does a bunch of shit. It's pretty great. Uh, next, we have Sail into the West. It is 2 green blue for an instant with Will of the Council. Starting with you, each player votes for return or embark. If return gets more votes, each player returns up to two cards from your graveyard to their hand. Then you exile Sail into the West. If embark gets more votes or the vote is tied, each player may discard their hand and draw seven cards. So each player gets two cards back or everyone can wheel. Mm Mm-hmm. But depends on what gets more votes. Yeah. So you're only going to get one or the other. I don't know. It kind of seems bad to me. Like each player wheeling, if they're choosing to let it wheel, then they want it to wheel. If they're, yeah. Otherwise, they're getting two cards back, and then everybody's getting their best two cards back. Like It's not just you. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd rather just play E-Witness and the other one that just yeah. gets me something back. Yeah, you don't necessarily want your opponents to be getting stuff back like that. I mean, obviously, if you're doing the voting deck, you'd probably play it, but... Right. It's good for that, but... it's about it. Uh, next up, we got Song of Arendelle. Three green, blue for a saga. Chapter one is Scry two, then draw two. It's pretty good. Then you create a treasure token and a 2-2 bird with flying. Seems good. And chapter three, put a flying counter on each creature you control without flying. Not bad. So scry two, draw two, make a two-two bird and a treasure. Give everything flying. Everything is flying, basically. I'd say that's a pretty decent card for five. Yeah, I mean, it does cost five. But it's decent because, I mean, you're getting two decent cards a treasure and a bird so it really like costs you four mana yeah. and then your board gets flying permanently yeah that seems pretty good it's pretty good it's not the greatest but it's pretty good it's playable it's def- I'd say it's definitely playable it's definitely a card you put in the Tom Bombadil deck yeah that's really good for Tom Bombadil All right, uh, next we got In the Darkness, Bind Them. Uh, two blue, black, red for the saga. Uh, so chapters one, two, and three are all create a 3-3 three, three black wraith creature token with menace. The ring tempts you. Then, finally, chapter four, for each opponent gain control of up to one target creature that player controls until end of turn. Untap those creatures. They gain haste until end of turn. 
The ring tempts you. So this is just bonkers, right? Yeah, it's insane. Like you, so first of all, you're getting three, three, three menaces. Okay, and level three of the ring. Yeah. Then level the fourth turn, you're getting level four of the ring, and something from every player. Yeah. So this is good on its own. It's very good in that rates deck because it synergizes by making rate three three rates. Yeah. It's great in Tom Bombadil because it's a saga. That's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if you even had one temp before, you're gonna have the bring temps you max before yeah. that. Yeah, this is just a great way to get I think this is a good really good saga. Yeah, this is honestly one of the better ones in the set. I mean, just five mana for three three threes of menace is freaking good. That's insane, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. That's really, really good. So the rest is just gravy. Yep. Oh, 100%. Totally good. Uh, next up, we got Saruman, the White Hand. It's one in Grixis, which is blue, black, red. For a 2-5 legendary creature avatar wizard, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, a mass orcs X where X is that spell's mana value, and goblins and orcs you control have ward two. Oh, God. So, no, they're good on its own, because you can play non-creature spells to make a bunch of, to amass a bunch of orcs, or you can play it in the amass deck, because most people have been playing Sauron, and I'm assuming they put this in that deck. Seems good. Seems really good. In that, especially in the yeah, in the Enemas deck, this is just gonna make this is just it's literally just an engine. I mean, yeah, you could just play Grixis spells and like everything you play yeah. is just gonna make your orc bigger. It's just gonna make a huge dude. And then you just yeah, and then that, they're not gonna the, like the only way that they can stop that is if they like pacify your orc. Yeah. In which case, you just need a sack outlet or something to read and then start it over. Just do it over again. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) But to do that, they got to pay two because it has ward two. It's got ward two as well. So So, pretty good. All right. Next up, we have Sauron, the Lord of the Rings. Oh, the name's in his name. That's important. (laughs) Uh, He has five. Grixis, so blue, black, red for a 9-9 Avatar Horror Legendary Creature. When you cast this spell, amass orcs 5 mill 5 cards then return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield he also has trample when a commander and opponent controls dies, the ring tempts you so he's the commander on the Grixis box not surprising but people, what people have been doing is playing the other Sauron, the one from the main set. Mm-hmm. It's the commander, because that one only costs six. Yep. And amasses whenever an opponent casts a spell. And then they put this in the main deck for an yep. eight drop that's fucking nuts. Bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fine card in the night. I mean, like, okay, so eight. eight too, honestly. Eight, uh, yeah, but as a commander, you're not going to play more than once, right? Like eight mana is oh, a lot. Man. So eight mana, nine, nine. That also makes a 5-5 five, five and brings a creature back. Yeah. So it's a 9-9 nine, nine plus a 5-5 five, five plus the best thing in your graveyard. With Trample. And his Trample. So this is you're getting three cards on the board. 
And then if a commander and opponent dies, the ring tempts you, which is just gravy yeah, bonus. That's just great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but like if this spell result, well, you just have to. Resp- so even if this gets countered, you get a five five and a creature from your graveyard. Yep. <laughs> just fine. Which is like this is value. like I think this is bonkers as a, just a card in the main deck. I mean, if because again, if you play to your command zone, like how often are you gonna cast it for eight and then ten? Once probably. Yeah, like and you have to play a lot of rings. That's why I think everyone's playing the other one that only costs six as the commander, and then putting this in the main deck. Yep, this is definitely sense. a bonkers card. Yeah, it's really good though. Uh, next up, we got Bilbo, the birthday celebrant. It's Abzan, which is white, black, green for a two-three legendary creature, halfling rogue. If you would gain one life, you gain that much life plus one instead. Then you could pay, or, and then it has the ability two white, black, green, so five mana, tap, exile Bilbo, search your library for any number of creature cards, put them on the battlefield, then shuffle. Activate only if you have 111 or more life. <laughs> That's how old he is, right? Yeah, he's 11 to 11. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I love that. <laughs> so, realistically, by the time you have 111 life, you probably won the game anyway. Yeah. Most likely? I mean, I guess infinite life loop, sure, but... Yeah, but I mean, then you put your whole deck into play and you win, anyways. Yeah, like, exactly. Unless they have a board wipe or something. Yeah, if they have a board wipe, sure, whatever. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to think of the easiest way to get to 111 life. Like you'd have to double your life total like twice, right? A lot, yeah. Like because you double from 40 to 80, double again to 160, you'd have it. So, is, yeah, how many cards is it? Just double your life total, and are they cheap mana cost? Probably not. Yeah. Or they have downsides. Right. Yeah. Not sure. I'd have to look. I Fun think card, I though. think if you're I think if you're playing this, you're more likely just playing this to gain extra life when you gain life. Yeah. But if you happen to hit that 111 hey. with this out, well, you can play it as a commander and just do life gain and just try to get there. Yeah. So why not? I mean it's definitely possible. I've seen people over 100 life before. Oh, especially if you life like and stuff. It just, I just don't know if you're going to do it fast enough to just turn five and immediately do this. Like, it's going to be later. Turn five would be pretty hard, but I guess it's probably possible. It seems Uh, it's an interesting card. It's a fun card, right? It's going to be a good card. This is pretty much the fun card. Uh, I, I don't know about how serious he could be with it, but yeah, it's definitely a fun card to play with. Uh, next, we got Aragorn, King of Gondor. Uh, he is one and Jeskai, which is blue, red, white, uh, for a 4 4 legendary human noble creature with vigilance and lifelink. When Aragorn, King of Gondor, enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Whenever Aragorn attacks, up to one target creature can't block this turn. If you're the monarch, creatures can't block. So all creatures can't block this turn. All right, so four four vigilance life like 
and they can't block. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually. Like yeah, so This would be a decent commander for Monarch Matters. Yeah, definitely. Pretty busted. Yeah, people have been saying that he's pretty good, actually. Like, as uh, people have been playing the precon commanders, they're saying that he's actually pretty freaking good. Yeah, I so. think so, too. Four, I mean, yeah, 4-4, four, 4-4 four, four, four Legendary Lifelink, that by itself is not bad. Yeah, and then you, and then it has Vigilance, Lifelink, Become the Monarch, Stuff Can't Block. Yeah, it's just, it's just good. I mean, just himself, if you get in, like, what, like, five, six times, they're dead, so. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Aon Shield Maiden, two in Jeskai, so that's two blue, red, white, for a 5-4 legendary creature human knight with first strike. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if another human entered the battlefield under your control this turn, Create two 2-2 two, two red human knight creature tokens with trample and haste. Then if you control six or more humans, draw a card. So this is the commander you want for the human deck. This is really good for humans, yep. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, because so you play a human and then so basically if you play this and then another human, you at least have four already. And by yeah. turn five, you probably already have two out, so you probably get me as soon as you play it. Yeah. To draw a card. Seems pretty good. So yeah, that's that's not hard to do with this card. All right, so that is the multicolor cards. There's some really good ones in here. Yeah, most of the multicolor cards seem playable. Yeah. Very very good. Uh, so now we are on to the artifacts. Uh, first, we got Relic of Sauron. It is four for an artifact. Tap it. Add two mana in any combination of blue, black, and or red. You can also pay three and tap it to draw two cards, then discard a card. So this one, I was like, all right, four mana rock adds two mana. Like, there's a lot of those out there. So it's decent in Grixis. And then the ability draw two discard cards. So you net a card for three. I think it's playable, especially in Grixis. Yeah, it's great for Grixis. Um, might be like played, you a, might be able to play it in any like five-color deck, too. I feel like if there's a way that like artifacts cost less or something, this would be better. But... Well, there is. There's a lot of cards that make artifacts cost less. Yeah. Like, if you dump this for three, it's nuts. Like, that's really good, yeah. Like, I definitely priced it right at four, because yeah. anything under that, this would be, like, the next Chase Mana Rock. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> and anything over four, you want it, really want it to add, like, three mana or more. Yeah. There's, so it's yeah, definitely it's right in the right spot. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's playable in a Grixis deck. I'd probably play it. I mean, it depending on what my other four drops were. Just because, like, yeah, it's a rock, but you also late game can do something with it. So yeah, that's nice. It's not just like some of the rocks where it's just four mana adds two mana. So yeah, it's just... at least you have another ability on it. Right. Right. Uh, next up, we got the Crown of Gondor. It's three for a legendary artifact equipment. 
Equip creature gets plus one plus one for each creature you control. When a legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, if there is no monarch, you become the monarch. And equip four, this ability costs three less to activate if you're the monarch. So then it's only equip one. Nice. Okay. That's not bad. So again, I think you play this in the Monarch Matters deck. Yep. Um, and, and or some sort of crazy go wide deck, I guess. Yeah. Otherwise, you probably ain't playing it because like you need a lot of creatures out for this to be good. Yeah, and you have to be the Monarch for it to really. Like before, I'm happy with paying three mana for this. I need at least like two, three, like three creatures out. Like I probably want at least yeah. three, three. And if I have to play equip four, then I want at least like you know five, five. Yeah. So. Uh, right next we got Hithlane Rope. Uh, it is two for an artifact. Hithlane Rope can't be sacrificed. Uh, if you pay one and tap it, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle. The player to your right gains control of this. Tap or uh, pay two and tap it. Draw a card. The player to your right gains control of this. Okay, so that's interesting. And it can't be sacrificed, so it can only be blown up. So it's probably just going to keep getting passed around the table. Most likely, yeah. But the ramp is pretty good, right? Like one mana ramp. So this, your is, like, this, is, this is like very like, group huggy. It is group huggy, yeah. Group, group hug would love this. For sure. Best case scenario, you pay th- well zero if you have you know activated abilities cost two less. Yeah. But you know three mana, get a land, blow it up, so your opponent doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Or two mana or four mana, draw a card, blow it up. I don't know. I feel like it's group huggy. I feel like you're just gonna do this if if you're like if you're in like mono white or like mono red. So it doesn't have a ton of like mana ramp. You might play this. That, that that'd be good for that. Because like you would just hit it on their end step, and then you'd have your land before they can use their land. Yep. And eventually, you'd probably get it back. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Like you do get to use it first. That's the upside. Yep. Or, even more crazy, you could use it, and then when your opponent goes to activate it, if they use it for the land, you could flash in the uh, where you search and gain control of their search and get the card, opposition agent. Or if they go to draw, you flash in the, uh, they can't draw and you draw. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> D with that, but then it's gonna sit there and do nothing. Like, yeah, then it just sits there. Like after that it's, guy. Like, it's like, interesting. Like, I don't know how many decks are actually gonna play it, but yeah. All right. Uh let's see. Uh oh no. It's your turn, sorry. All right, next up is Lothran Blade. Three mana for an artifact equipment. Whenever a quick creature attacks, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature defending player controls. So when it attacks, it deals damage. It's okay, so when it attacks, you can just bite something, basically. Yeah. 
And you can equip an elf for two or equip anything for five. I'm not playing this outside an elf deck then, right? No, this is great for elves. Otherwise, it's not good. Or if you're in an equipment deck where you can make equip cost cost zero. Unless you're, yeah, you're playing Stoneforge or something, sure. But... Yeah, the SRAM or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the bite's nice. It's definitely good in elves because you just keep biting yeah. things. They don't they don't die which is which is good so yeah not not a bad equipment nope in the right situation all right uh next we got model of unity it is three for an artifact whenever players finish voting you and each opponent you who voted for a choice you voted for may scry two you can also tap it add one mana of any color Not as good as Lantern. Nope. In a five-color deck, you'd maybe consider it? If you're playing like that voting deck. You definitely play it in the voting deck, probably. Yeah. Basically, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's Otherwise, it's a medium rock. Yeah. It's an okay rock. Because even Chrome Lantern is even the best, like... No, but it's good for, like, five-color decks. Yeah. Because it fixes your lands. That was, that was the whole point of playing Chromatic or Lantern. But like, mm. there's like better things nowadays. That's true. That costs less even. But yeah. Play it in the in like the Will of the Council decks. Otherwise, this is mid at best. Alright, now we're on to lands. Yeah, we just got the one. So it's the Black Gate. A legendary land that is a gate land. So it counts gate. those gates. Uh, as the black gate enters the battlefield, you may pay three life if you don't enter tapped. Okay, so you got to pay three life for it comes to tap. Test for a swamp. <laughs> right, test for a swamp. Uh, pay two, tap it. Choose a player with the most life or tied for the most life. Target creature can't be blocked by creatures that player controls this turn. Okay. So you can make a creature unblockable. If they have the most against against them, if your yeah. opponent has the most life, that's interesting. What is the other card that makes things unblockable? There's a land, an uncommon land. Right, I can't remember. How much does that cost? Actually, does that cost four? It's more than two. I can tell you that. It's more than two. Okay. Oh yeah. So then this might be better than that. Then I think I'm pretty sure it is. I was just trying to remember if that land will like us two to activate or not. Yeah. It probably cost, you're probably right. It probably costs like four. So what is a swamp that can come in untapped that you can make something unblockable occasionally? That's okay. I guess. I mean, if you're playing the gate stack, you probably play it just because it's yeah, another it's gate. good for gates. Another do you play it outside of that? Like, is it? Do you just play it in every black deck or is it not as good as just a swamp? I don't know if I'd play it in every black deck. I think it's got to be specific. Like, you definitely... I mean, because black does pay life a lot for shit. Yeah. Target creature can't be blocked by creatures that player. Like, it basically makes one... Like, do you one, have, to have the most life, then, for that to work? No, you can't have the most life. Or you don't want to have the most life. Yeah, it's basically... If you have the most life, it doesn't work. But if yeah, anyone else has the most life, you can have an unblockable creature to move. 
So that's yeah. So that's good for black because you're probably going to have less life than most people because you're probably going to be using it as a life. Yeah, and you can always just pay the three when it comes in. Yeah, and that's probably going to put you ahead in the first place. So yeah, that's not bad. It's decent. I think it's decent. I don't know how much. I don't think it's an auto include in every black deck. Oh, it's not like coffers or something where you. Yeah. It's definitely an auto include in like the gates deck though. Yeah. It actually does something. Right. Like it's a good one. And it actually comes, can come into play untapped or most gates are tapped. Right. So, yeah, I think this is, this isn't, it's good in the right scenario, but otherwise it's okay. It's whatever. Yeah, you also need something that you want to just be unblocked, like either a big thing or something with the deal damage trigger. Or something. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. Well, that is the set. So what do you think? Are you going to be picking up the commander decks or some of these cards? I think some of these, yeah. Like some of these, like, like the food cards, oh my god. Food decks are going to be really good now. They do seem like they're going to be good. A lot of good food deck cards. There are also uh, the sagas. Some of the sagas are also really good. Um, yeah. Green in general is pretty damn good. Oh, the elves. Oh, my God, the elves. Yeah, they're <laughs> just better than they were. Yeah. The mass deck's good. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to play a mass... Uh, Definitely a lot of good stuff in here for that. There's some sweet um, decks with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Honestly, I'm really happy with these sets. These sets are really cool. Um, it's pretty much what I was hoping to see, honestly. So, like, Magic the Gathering and Lord of the Rings are very similar, like, styles and whatnot. So I was really hoping they, they would be good. And I think they really capture the essence of it and... Yeah, made some cool stuff. Yeah, draft draft has been fun so far. Yeah, that's uh, that was honestly the most fun I've had in draft for a long time. When I drafted that with you guys, so I'm not usually a huge limited or sealed person, so that was that was fun. Uh, wouldn't mind doing it again for sure. Uh, and yeah, it's just a lot of good stuff to do. Well, I think that's about it. Yeah, until uh, next time, thanks for listening, and uh, be sure to follow us on YouTube. Yep. See you next time.